coming up on Marriage Today with Jimmy and Karen. If you're not having fun in your marriage, you're in danger. If you're not laughing together, and let me tell you what I believe, people are at their best when they're having fun. Every every person is at their very, very best when they're having fun. fall in love because you do fun things together. I mean, that's how we fall in love. And Karen and I remember when we started dating, we were not sexual. And so, in fact, we didn't, I I, I say, we, Karen and I didn't kiss until the 11th day. Karen says it's the seventh because she was a lot more aggressive than me. But (laughs) it, it was the 11th date before we kissed for the first time. But what I remember about dating Karen is how much fun it was. You, we, we fell in love finding fun stuff to do and going to do it. And that's how you, you, you stay in love. You stay in love by having fun. You, if you're not having fun in your marriage, you're in danger. If you're not laughing together, and let me tell you what I believe, people are at their best when they're having fun. Every, every person is at their very, very best when they're having fun. And so you wanna have fun together. Now this is uh, USA Today, July 16, 2008. And this is research from uh, Howard Markman, who is with the, uh, he's a psychologist and co-directs the University of Denver's Center for Marital and Family Studies. Here's what he says. The more you invest in fun and friendship and being there for your partner, the happier the relationship will get over time. The correlation between fun and marital happiness is significant. So what they're saying is they've done a lot of studying on marriages and you cannot separate fun from a good marriage. It's, it's, It's part and parcel. This is Thomas Bradbury from the University of California. He said, people in happy relationships generate fun activities. And as they keep generating these activities, it keeps their relationships strong and healthy and fresh. People in happy relationships generate fun activities. It's one of the most important things you do is to work at having fun. Okay, so they used in their article, they used as an example a couple from San Diego, and this is a woman uh, from San Diego, and here's what she's saying about their marriage. Sometimes when things are getting a little tense, because they can, we say, how about them Padres? And they, they go to baseball games together. That's, and, and we say, how about them Rangers? Not them Padres. We don't care about the Padres. And I'm, if you're from California, I'm sorry, but we don't. We, we're this Ranger country here. How about them Padres? Listen, She says, sometimes when things are getting a little tense, because they can, we say things like, how about them Padres? And we go back into a very comfortable world of conversation, and it opens up the door to a lot of other conversations. When things are getting tense, because they can, we talk about baseball. And, and we go back then into a little bit more comfortable world, and it helps us to open up and talk. Now, listen to this amazing statistic that they give in this research. This, is, this blows my mind. Cities with a major league baseball team have a 28% lower rate of divorce than cities that don't have one but expressed interest. In other words, the more fun your city is, the better it is for your marriage. And if you say, I don't live in a fun city, you're, you become the fun in your city. That just means you have to work a little bit harder at having fun. 
But fun is important, and stress today is ruining marriages. Now listen to this research. This is Alone Together, How Marriage in America is Changing by Paul Amato. Now listen to this research. It's, it's amazing, and it just shows you how, why marriage is failing in America. In 1980, 53% of couples said they regularly visited friends. But in the year 2000, that had dropped to 34%. In 1980, 62% of couples said they went out for leisure activities. But by the year 2000, that had dropped to 44%. Couples in 1980 who said that they eat their main meal together was 78%. But in the year 2000, that had dropped to 66%. And so what we're seeing is we're not using the conveniences of life to create spare time to relate. We're using the conveniences of life to do more. I watched a special years ago, and it was on pioneer women and the lifestyle of people before conveniences. The average woman woke up in the morning, and it took her all day long to cook and wash clothes and take care of her house. And when washing machines and microwave ovens and all the conveniences came along, we did not use them to create time to relate and do for others or serve, serve the Lord, we actually use them to create more time when we go out and do things. How much, how much time do you spend having fun with each other? Here's another thing that's very important about understanding about fun. Television and the internet and technology do not build relationships. It is proven that relationships built through technology do not have a high value. They're not real relationships. I mean, it doesn't mean that you don't get on Facebook and, you know, have, have a, some type of an interaction there or Twitter or something. But what it means is the most important thing is the person with you. Have you, ever, have you ever gone into a store and you get frustrated because they keep you waiting while they're talking to a customer on the phone? And right in the middle of doing business with them, the phone rings and they keep answering the phone. And here's my theory. The person with you is more important, more important than the person without you. And I don't want you to scream. When I say this now, because Jesus changed the world, but he didn't have a cell phone. Don't scream. Because can you imagine that somebody changed the world without a smartphone? When you're with a person who values technology more than you, it hurts. And the phone rings and they answer it rather than keeping a conversation going with you, it hurts. And technology can destroy a relationship. When Karen and I met, there were no cell phones. When you were alone with a person, you were alone with a person. And you could not be reached everywhere at, at all times. And somehow, right now, we feel like if we turn our phone off, somehow something bad's going to happen. Let me say, if it's that important, they will find you. <laughs> they will find you. Turn the stinking thing off. Create a technology-free zone in your family every day where you relate without TV, without computers, with all that. Sit down, play games, sit down face-to-face -face and talk. Sit down at the dinner table because technology can destroy your family. And I'm saying technology's fine. It's a great servant. It's a, it's a horrible master. Men need to understand. This is the difference between men and women. Men are more likely to say that their wife is their best friend than women are because we want our wives to be our best friends. That's a big need that we have. Men want to share an activity that they like with their wives. Men want their wives to come in to their world. And there's a story about a, a marriage that was healed because a woman went hunting with her husband and she didn't hunt, but just to be with him and it was important to him. And with men, we consider anything to be a date 
and to be fun. Jump in the truck. Let's go to the store. That's a blast to us. And we're just so glad that you're with us. We don't want to be mothered. Uh, we want you to be our, our buddy. Women want conversation and meaningful interaction. If they're going to have fun and do something with you, they want it to be meaningful and for there to be conversation. They don't consider it a date, by the way, unless there's significant planning and effort. They want you to go to trouble if you're going to have fun and take them on a date. And, and they're going to change most of the details and plans. Okay. So you're going to go to a lot of trouble and she's going to change it. But that doesn't matter. She just appreciates the fact that you want so much trouble so she can change it. And so, now listen to what I'm about to say. What women need to understand is men open up to friends. And he will never open up to you more than when you're having fun with him. The woman from San Diego said, when things are getting tense, because they can, we say, how about them Padres? And we go back into a comfortable world, which opens up more conversation. Here's what's going to happen to ladies. And you're, you're saying, I'm going to go into my husband's world. That's what it means. Men go into their wife's world. Women come into their husband's world to have fun. And you're going to find this out about your husband. You say, well, my husband doesn't talk. My husband shut off or whatever. Men are emotionally modest. We're not wired like you. But when you're having fun with your husband, you will be sitting at a ball game or you'll be doing something or having fun or just whatever. And all of a sudden you'll notice he'll begin to open up with you. Because we will open up to a friend, but we won't open up to anybody else. We're just wired differently. We're very, very choosy about who we open up to. And if you're against me, if you're a critic, if you're not fun, I'm not going to open up to you. But if you're my friend, I'm going to open up to you. So it's important. Here's what men need to understand. Your wife needs you to plan things in advance and consider her needs. The Bible says, love her like you would your own body. And that means sensitively that you, you plan things, that you initiate things. In fact, that's what romance means. It means a self-initiated pursuit and doing something that you're not told to do. If she tells you to bring home flowers and you bring them home, that's just called obedience. That's not romance. If you only do things when you're in trouble, that's just called crisis management. That's not romance. And so romance is, baby, when I'm not with you, I'm thinking about you. That's what romance means. When I'm not with you, I'm thinking about you. And it also means I'm studying you and I'm going to do things preemptively to meet your needs. When you're with an unromantic person, it just means they don't think about you. <laughs> your well-being is just not one of their top agenda items. And again, it's, it's hurtful. What couples need to understand, fun is an essential element in marriage. And, and here's what you can do to have fun. First of all, schedule it. It just say, Tuesday nights is our fun night. You can plan fun and just say, we're going to have, we're, and Sunday nights is our family night. We're, we're going to have fun together. That means we're turning off technology. We're going to go and do something, whatever we do. Budget and prioritize it. And fun fits any budget. Fun doesn't cost any money. And so if you have some money, fine. If you don't, you can have a lot of fun. Share ideas and go into each other's world. And you can alternate his nights and her nights. So you say, well, that might not be fun for me. Going to girl movies, it's not fun for me, but it's fun for Karen. And so I want her to have fun. So every now and then I go to a girl movie, which is absolute torture. But I do it. Um, search the newspaper for free things to do. Just open up the newspaper. Another thing you can do is walk through a sporting goods store until you find something that interests you. Just walk through a sporting goods store. If you're having trouble, you might not want to go in the gun section. And uh, do things that make you laugh and talk. But I'm saying, if you're, listen to me, if you're not having fun together, 
your marriage is in trouble. You're in trouble. This is not an optional thing. And what they were saying in this research is people with good marriages generate fun activities. You're generating them. You're working at them. You're keeping these things happening, which is so critical. And the last is this. The most important thing in our marriage is God. And what that means is our marriage is not a piece of paper. It is a sacred covenant between us and God. There is not a piece of paper from the state of Texas keeping us together. There is the spirit of God between us and our faith in God is the most important things. And we're submitted to God. And what that means is there's, there's, there, Karen and I don't have a battle of wills in our marriage because neither one of us are the boss. Jesus Christ is the Lord of our marriage. We are not only submitted to Jesus, but his word. When we're trying to solve a problem, we seek God for him to speak to us and the word of God is the supreme authority above our marriage. And so that just means we don't have headbutting sessions. No, we used to before I was submitted to the Lord, but Jesus Christ is at the core of our marriage. Remember in the garden of Eden, it wasn't Adam and Eve. It was Adam and Eve and God. God never intended for marriage to be between a man and a woman. It's between a man and a woman and him. But when they rejected God, their marriage failed. And so the most important thing is to keep God in our marriage. And it also means we trust in God's power. And that means I don't have to change you. Once I've spoken the truth to you, I'm going to pray and God's going to change you or God's going to change me or God is going to solve our financial problems. Karen and I, if you don't pray, you're going to worry and that worry is going to cause stress and you're going to fight. So Karen and I prayed on the way here tonight. We regularly pray. And what we, we've prayed thousands of prayers over 40 years of marriage. And here's what we find. God is a faithful God and he's more powerful than any problem we have. And when we join hands, well, the Bible says if two on earth would agree together as touching anything we ask, that's a married couple. A promise to every married couple that says if two on earth would agree as touching anything they would ask, I would do it. When you pray together, you become unified. When you pray together, you become God-focused. And when you pray together, you get peace and you're not stressed out. You don't fight, you get closer. The Spirit of God literally is the bond. Well, this program today, we're talking about the fun factor. We're talking about having fun in marriage. And it's such an incredibly important part Mm -hmm. of the marriage relationship. And the way that I say it is, without fun and sex, marriage is a business relationship. And it's a crummy business relationship. So our marriage needs to have a lot of fun in it. And to the degree that we're having fun, I mean, it's it's, it's a big part. Of marriage, and so we have some questions from our viewers, and some of them are not having fun uh, on these questions. So this is to you, Karen. Is Karen, my husband, and I have nothing in common. We don't like the same things, and we've grown apart. How can we be close when we're total opposites? Yes, it's good it's question. a good question. Yeah. Good question. Um, well, let's see. I guess you could get naked, <laughs> well, have goodness sex. Gracious. <laughs> Well, that, that would bring not fix it, but it will just you know, get your attention <laughs> off of it for a minute. But anyway, I mean, seriously, it is a good question, and it happens to all couples. I mean, you know, you and I have gone through this where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, we just kind of lose the, and especially after you have kids, you know, yeah. you start adjusting, you have to readjust yourself and, and find common ground, yeah. you know, so kind of go back and maybe go on a date night and just have a discussion of, What's the fun things, you know, now that we could do? Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking the other day, um, you know, maybe a fun game is put each 
put five different fun things to do in a jar and then say, once a week, we're going to do one of these. And they draw Very them good. out yeah. and they say, let's go do this. And, and just make it something, you know, even if they end up not doing it forever, at least they can come back together with something. Well, and, you know, you fall in love because you find fun things to do and you go do them. That's, mm-hmm. how, that's how you date. I mean, let's go to the movies. Let's go do this. Let's go do this. And having fun and working at having fun, you fall in love, but then you get married and the kids and work and bills mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff happen. And she said, we've grown apart. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's interesting. We've grown apart. What, what happens is we drift apart. Right. You don't grow apart. You grow together. Mm-hmm. You drift apart. When you do nothing to work on your marriage and you do nothing to create fun and to create those opportunities, you naturally just drift apart. Mm-hmm. So you and I, we did that. Mm-hmm. And so what you do is you grow together. Mm-hmm. You work just exactly what you said, Karen. Find fun things to do. You you know, you can just take the paper out sometimes and just find free fun things to do and go do them. You know. Are you going to play bridge with me? No, I'm not. <laughs> do not play bridge. You, you, you'll you play bridge alone. So, okay, okay. question. Um, my wife never wants to go to my softball games. It would be nice to have her there watching me. I have to go shopping with her, even though it's not my favorite thing. Okay, so he wants her to come softball. to have softball. Yeah. Well, the thing I would say is I, I think that's great, you know, for his wife to be there watching him play softball. It would be a good thing. He says, I have to go shopping with her. <laughs> okay. They need to find something they both enjoy. Mm-hmm. And she obviously doesn't like coming to a softball. He doesn't, obviously doesn't like to go shopping. But the whole thing is, is what do you both enjoy doing together? The other day I went to play golf and mm-hmm. came with me. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you walked and I golfed. I, I, I absolutely love having you mm-hmm. with me. And I know that. And that's one of the reasons I yeah. make the sacrifice to do it. Because, I, I love it. And that's what I'm thinking about this wife. You yeah. know, she may not like it, but she'd be wise to go at least once or twice, you know. Well, one, of, one of the biggest needs that men have is for their wife to be their buddy. Mm-hmm. So you're my buddy. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'd rather be with you than anybody else. And one of the things that really stifles a marriage it's when you stop being friends. Mm-hmm. And when a woman loses her identity in motherhood, and she's more of a mother than she is a wife. See, even though you're a mother, you always did a good job, Karen, of dressing for me, mm-hmm. of, of pleasing me in things, in being my friend. Well, it kept keep our relationship fresh. So what I would encourage the woman, if she's watching, go to your husband's softball games at times, but I would really encourage this couple, because they're kind of in a standoff. You know, he has to go shopping with her, really doesn't like it, she doesn't come to softball games. But what you have right now sounds like a marriage to where you, you are kind of drifting apart and you're not having fun. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a dangerous situation. It truly is a dangerous situation when you're not having fun in marriage. My husband regularly goes out with his friends and I feel neglected. He says he'll make time for me, but he rarely does. How should I respond? Well, I think you have to respond, first of all, not uh, resentful. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just start barking at him and saying, well, I can't believe you, because, no, 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 no. I mean, you're going to turn him, he just automatically goes deaf. You mm-hmm. know, he's not going to hear those words. And so, you know, I would just suggest that, um, first of all, pray about it, you know, and check your own spirit of how this is going to come across in your own attitude. And then just, you know, Find a time that you're not in the heated moment of how you're feeling and just express how much you love him, how much you care for him, and how much you enjoy being with him. And if he could just, you know, figure out a time, maybe in the next week, where the he could come and do something with him, you know, her, you know, and make it a, con- a 
communication issue, right. you know, where she actually communicates in a way that he might be able to hear. Because sometimes, you know, women get caught up in just the emotions of how they're feeling. And men don't hear those words. Right. They only hear logistic things that saying, you know, black and white. Okay, well, just tell me. Just tell me what to do. So uh, I, uh, as a man, I would say two things to her. Maximize the time you have with your husband. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, Karen, don't make it a negative thing. Make it a positive thing. And create an inductive atmosphere that he wants to be in. But let me just say, this man's wrong. Mm-hmm. The husband is wrong to, to put his friends. You know, one time I told you before we got married, I said, my friends come before you. Don't, don't mm-hmm. come between me and my mm-hmm. friends. Well, I was a jerk. <laughs> and uh, my priorities were wrong. The wife needs to be first. You need to give up whatever you have to give up to spend time with the wife. But for her, uh, rather than nagging and rather than making it a, a kind of a dramatized event, be inductive. When he's home, meet his needs, be mm-hmm. nice to him, and just tell him very clearly, I want you home. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather you be here. Okay, one more question real quick. Okay, with two full-time jobs, raising a family, and limited income, it's hard to make time for our marriage. Do you have any advice on how we can have more fun together? Yeah, and the, the thing is, you, sometimes you just have to downsize. You say we have both have jobs or whatever. You know, if you both have jobs, which is great, I completely understand that. You have children and all those things. Say no to anything you can say no to, but don't say no to your marriage. And sometimes the reason that you have to have two jobs sometimes is because you're just spending too much. Mm-hmm. See, bringing money home to a, if you bring your paycheck home to a home under stress, mm-hmm. it loses the joy of the income. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how much money I make if I'm coming home to a family under stress that can't enjoy each other. It's better to bring less money home to a happy family Mm -hmm. than it is more money home to an unhappy family. So sometimes you just have to say one of us is going to quit our job or one of us is going to work part time so that we have the energy to spend. And our daughter, Julia, is really good at this. Sometimes you have to make your children just stop Mm -hmm. because sometimes children will import stress into the home. They're doing all these things. They're going all, all these directions. And sometimes it's the kids that add stress. And one day we were with our uh, daughter, Julie, and our granddaughters. And Julie said to the girls, you're not doing anything today. You're staying home. <laughs> and because they were tired mm-hmm. and they were all stressed out. When we look back at all the sacrifices we made, it was absolutely worth it. Mm-hmm. Because whatever else we gave up, we did not give up our marriage and we did not give up our family. So work hard and make uh, just the, the decisions you need to make to have the best family you can. There's some information on your screen of how you can financially support us if you've been blessed by this ministry. We want you to stand with us financially. We can only do what we do because of wonderful people like you. There's a web address on your screen, a telephone number, and also our address. You can call, you can go on our secure website, or you can mail your gift in. But please stand with us financially as we help people and families in need. God bless you. We have some more information for you, so watch this.